Welcome to the Shannon Plan. This is episode 100. Episode we don't have a player to go off of because we've been doing this for a while. Akash, man, we are on the first day of training camp. People are excited. It's fun. I was walking in and you see all the jerseys. You see people taking selfies. A lot of families out here. Uh, good times, man. Football is officially back. Uh, Kyle Shanahan just got done speaking. How you doing, man? How's life? I'm doing fantastic, KP. First of all, congrats on 100 episodes. Feels like we we just started and somehow we're at 100 episodes. Thank you to everyone who's been listening to our podcast, to any podcast on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. And yeah, man, it's fantastic. Training camp has started. It's beautiful in the Bay Area. I know you're at Levi Stadium right now, somewhere in the dungeons. You just look at KP and there's just a black wall behind him and he's like, all in this like darkly lit room that's how we podcast it's how we get down yeah speaking of the weather so in san jose overcast felt like 60 degrees uh drive here 20 minutes i don't know if it's north south whatever uh, and it's, it's sunny um yeah it's sunny it's just the weather changes very quickly here Whereas, yeah, in Arizona, it's just going to be 90s by now, high 90s. Um, okay, let's talk about some transactions real quick. So uh, the 49ers announced, well, first of all, they signed Robert Kimdiche. Um, that is probably going to be a roster spot available thanks to D4. D4. Nothing, um, no transaction has been made yet, but John Lynch was pretty clear that something is going to happen within the next couple of days. So essentially swapping D4 for Robert Kandice, uh, former first rounder, played a little bit last year with the Seahawks, did not play the season prior. Obviously, uh, former first round talent can play inside and outside. Who knows what he will they will get from him, but they weren't going to get anything from D4 anyway. So it's not like um, I, I would say whatever you get from Kandice this year, even if he makes the roster, because let's be honest, like this team is loaded along the defensive line. Um, anything that you get from him is essentially just cherry, a cherry on the top. Do you think he will make the roster? I don't think he's going to make the roster. Defensive line is the deepest group on this team, and it's just an uphill battle. But I do think if he's going to make a name for himself in the NFL or make a roster, there's no better spot given Chris Kosarek, the coaching staff, the team, and the way it's set up for him to have success. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he does, but I would bet against it right now. Yeah, just, I mean, if you look at some of the names on on the defensive line, and uh, to be fair to Kambiche, he's still pretty young, so he's only 27, but he's, so there's, a, obviously there are locks on the roster, so um, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Nick Bosa, Samson Ebicom, um, those are going to be the starters, and then we're talking about Kerry Hyder, Drake Jackson, Maurice Hurst, Kimiko Ture, Charles Amenehu, Kevin Givens, Hassan Ridgeway, like, they go deep along the defensive line. Okay, outside of that, um, the team – or Kyle Shannon said that Mike McGlinchey, Javon Kinlaw, and Aziz Alshire, uh, they're all cleared to practice, but they're going to take it easy on those three. So I, the, how I took that is um, just expect a lot of rest days and no reason to, I guess, have heavy workloads for either of those guys. Coming off of surgery, uh, I mean, Kinlaw, you just want as fresh as possible. I think Kinlaw is fascinating just because, yeah, he's a first-rounder, and the expectations were high from him. But Eric Armstead is essentially a pro, an all-pro defensive tackle. So now you just need Kinlaw to be DJ Jones. And if he gives you anything more than DJ Jones, that's great. But you have your first rounder in Eric Armstead. Uh, what do you think about that? And maybe that's not giving um, him enough credit. 
maybe we should expect more from Kinlaw considering, you know, the whole Buckner thing and moving on from uh, Buckner to Kinlaw. But I, I don't think that he has to do a lot for him to be successful. Completely agree um, with that thought process, right? I think the expectations of him being, you know, the 14th overall pick and replacing DeForest Buckner have kind of gone out the window the last few years, just given his injuries. And that's not his fault necessarily that he stepped into that situation. But I think the expectations are now just fill DJ Jones's shoes. And DJ Jones was a really good player. I think he was first among all interior defensive tackles in the in run stop win rate last season. So he, he was fantastic against the run. Um, and can Javon Kinlon just be that? And then they can find, you know, a third down interior pass rusher with some of the other guys they have on the roster. So again, big shoes to fill, even if it's just DJ Jones's shoes. But I think those are fair expectations given given the situation. But back to Aziz El Shire. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see the picture that Dre Greenlaw posted on on uh, Instagram yesterday of all the linebackers with their shirt off? Oh, it was nuts. I mean, I, I think he storied it yesterday, and it was like Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Aziz, and the rest of the guys, all shirts off, all absolutely jacked. It was it was nuts. I want to see him play, man. I I think he is. I think he has a chance to be like a top ten linebacker, which is pretty, which sounds like you know hyperbole, but he was so good last year. And I, I hope that them being patient with him, pays off. like they see that too. And, and they want to get him in the lineup. So that's a sneaky good positional battle right there, Greenlaw and Al Shire. So we talked about Mike McGlinchey and he's going to slow roll. So Kyle Shanahan yesterday said, Daniel Brunsko, he has to talk to him first. He's going to play a little bit of right guard. He's going to play some center. He said, we also have Jake Brindle at center. He also said it's going to be some musical chairs, which instantly rings bells like, whoa, What's the plan here? What's going to happen? They are. They did invest in some younger guys. Um, I mean, all over the offensive line, but some undrafted free agents, uh, Donovan West out of Arizona State, and young or uh, small school guy Jason Poe, who uh, Trent Williams is taking under his wing. He he uh, literally, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Good wordplay there. Flew him or brought him on the jet to practice. So I think Poe's going to be a fan favorite, but. Is that alarming when Shanahan says, you know, essentially, like, we're going to try a bunch of guys out. We think it's going to work out. We don't know exactly who's going to play where. Or is it, I mean, is this just a team letting the talent play itself out? It's a little nervous, obviously, because there's such a big question mark at center and right guard. And given who they have at quarterback and just such a young player. And so I think it's a little nervous to hear that. But that being said, they've got a ton of young competition there between just like some of the names you mentioned, West, Poe, uh, obviously Brendel, Brunskill, Jalen Moore is another name. And so I think what they're going to do is just say, let's have all these guys compete. Let's see who are the two best players in that position. And if you're Dan Brunskill, you're thinking, okay, I can either be the starting right guard, I can be the starting center. So he's got, I'd assume, one of those two spots locked down. And now it's, can someone else capture the other spot, right? Can Brendel just be the starting center out the gate in training camp or are one of the rookies, the younger guys going to show up at right guard and move Brunskill over to center. I think it's just, is really where, what it comes down to. And I think it's early enough. I think if we still had the shuffling going into the regular season, I'd be a little bit more concerned, but it's day one of training camp. It's still July. So I like that. They just have a ton of bodies to throw at the position. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see if, if these guys can hold up against this defensive line, like they're going to be able to stand out, whether it's in a good way or a bad way. Um, 
speaking of one-on-ones, heading into the third year, will Nick Bosa finally beat Trent Williams in one-on-one? It is amazing what he's able to do to defensive linemen. And that doesn't stop with Bosa. Like he makes Bosa look like not, not a practice squad player, but just like a normal player, which if you watch Nick Bosa go against literally anybody else, whether they're on the 49ers, whether last year against the Chargers, whether it's in the games, like he just destroys tackles. And that's not the case with Trent Williams. So I, I love watching him play just a crazy athlete, a unicorn. Let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, we have to, it's, it's part of our contract to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo in every uh, podcast. So, Kyle Shanahan, pretty adamant that this is Trey Lance's team, that, you know, Jimmy is not going to be here. For whatever reason, those questions keep coming up, and he has to keep answering them. But I feel like after what he did um, in his presser yesterday, he made it clear, uh, Trey's team, uh, we are moving on. Jimmy did, like, Tuesday was a quietly big deal, I'll say, just because Jimmy had a passive physical. And if he didn't pass the physical, there would be questions like, is this going to linger into the season? Um, is this going like, are they going to be able to do anything? Or are they going to be able to trade him, move on from him? Thankfully, uh, Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, reported that he did pass his physical. Now, the 49ers are no longer on the hook for his $7.5 million injury guarantee. What happens next? Yeah, that's a great question. I if I had to predict, if we move two weeks into the future, I think Jimmy Garoppolo gets released. And I think the 49ers have been setting this up now for a couple of weeks. So we had the Adam Schefter report that the 49ers had given permission to Don Yee to seek trades. Um, they thought he was cleared to practice. So they probably thought that he was going to pass his physical when Jimmy Garoppolo showed up on Tuesday to the 49ers facility. He showed up to the facility. He passed his physical, which meant that you know, like you mentioned, there's no seven and a half million dollar injury guarantee. So now the 49ers can release or trade Jimmy Garoppolo and basically save all of, you know, that twenty four point two million dollar base salary. They get all that money back to their salary cap. Now, I think what's going to happen is I don't necessarily think there's a team out there that's willing to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, because if there was, I think that would have happened already because training camps across the NFL have already started. I think teams have a pretty good idea of where their roster is, where their salary cap situation is, and I'm not sure there's a trade out there that's to be made. So at the same time, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo and Don Yee are willing to wait multiple weeks into training camp to find a new home. I imagine they're probably trying to find a new team as quickly as possible, and I can see them requesting a release here in the next handful of days at which time I imagine the 49ers will comply. They'll take care of their guy. They'll make it look like they did right by him and release him, save the money. Ultimately, do you you know lose out on draft composition? Yes, but you gain the salary cap space, which is most important. You get him off the team. Um, and so the questions will stop. It'll be, even though that Kashina has seemingly said time and time again, this is Trey Lance's team, those questions will stop and we can just turn a chapter and move on to the next thing. But I think that's how it's going to play out. I. I don't foresee a trade here. Do you? It's tough just because, like, who's going to trade for him? They, a team would have to really – so we're thinking, like, a, a week into camp, like a team just going to say – like, let's say the Giants, for example. Oh, we really don't like what we're seeing from Daniel Jones, so we have to make a move. Or, like, any other team like that is going to have to make that decision and kind of up in their entire offense uh, for Jimmy G. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think – by the 49ers releasing him. I know Kyle Shannon has gone out of his way by saying that's not going to happen. 
I don't believe him. And I don't think a lot of people believe him. And I understand, you know, why he says that. You're not going to say, oh, well, we ha- we're we not going to trade him. You don't want to, you know, take away Kill any, any potential trades. Yeah. So by releasing him, I think it can actually come off as a team doing right by Jimmy saying, hey, we want you to be able to go and sign with whoever you want to. We're not going to force you to go into a specific scenario. So yeah, I, th- I feel like a release is inevitable at this point. And I, every time Kyle talks about it, like the shoulder surgery really threw them for a loop. Like even this morning, he said like a trade was going to happen and then he had shoulder surgery. So um, like I, I know that you know, Jimmy had to wait till the end of the season just to so he could play throughout the season, but it really threw a wrench in everything. But yeah, I think a release is inevitable at this point. Okay, enough Jimmy. Debo, he's not going to practice on Wednesday. He's probably not going to practice for the rest of the week. The 49ers don't go into full pads until next week, so I imagine uh, that's probably when we will see something get done. John Lynch said that they're working hard on getting something done. It, by the, by the words from both Shanahan and Lynch, they're not they don't seem too concerned. Uh, Shanahan said he spoke to Debo this morning, had a good conversation right before he spoke to the media. Um, I don't think that you know even the fans sense that something's not going to get done. I think it's just a matter of what the numbers will be like. Are you worried at all? I'm not worried whatsoever, especially after hearing what Kyle Shanahan has had to say in the past few days. I think we all expected Debo Samuel to show up because of the way the new CBA is set up. You nest, you can't really hold out because you get fined $40,000 a day and those fine you can't pay those fines back anymore. So it was it was a matter of okay, what's Debo Samuel going to do? Kyle Shanahan cleared that up. He said Debo Samuel is going to condition on the side, but at the same time they are um, you know actively working with Tory Dandy, who's Debo Samuel's agent on a new extension and I saw Ian Rappaport said this on Pat McAfee's show just before we hopped on that he believes that a Jimmy Garoppolo release or trade doesn't impact Debo Samuel getting a new deal, which has kind of been thrown out there uh, into the social media ether over the past month or so. Um, so that that's interesting. So maybe a Debo Samuel deal gets done before a Garoppolo release because they because they know Garoppolo is not going to be on this roster come week one. So it's just a timing thing at that point. Right. Um and the interesting thing is pads come on Monday at training camp. So that's when really practice gets going. Cause I think right now is like the ramp up period or whatever they call it, which is, you know, they, they kind of just work up to next week. And so I think that's a soft deadline for a Debo Samuel extension. And I feel like we're going to get something here in the next three, four days. I feel like it's just, we're right on the cusp of a new deal. I agree. So, okay, let's, let's turn the page. Trey Lance and no QB controversy now that, you know, Jimmy is not going to be in the picture. I say that as somebody from the Panthers covering the Panthers said that Baker Mayfield just threw like a pick within like five minutes into practice, which is pretty amazing. Um, I am fascinated to see how people overreact to Trey Lance throwing interception because that is going to happen. Um, Quarterbacks do throw interceptions, some more than others, but Kyle Shanahan actually brought up a good point. And well, first off, he was asked, the questions that he's going to be asked are going to be kind of silly. One guy, somebody asked yesterday, um, essentially assuming that Trey Lance is a scrambling quarterback. So I should say this before we get started into any football talk. Trey Lance does not want to run. If you watch him play, he is by definition a pocket quarterback. He just so happens to be 225 pounds and he runs a four or five and he can outrun people. But that is reluctantly like when he breaks pocket the pocket, what's his eyes? Yeah, his eyes are down the field always. Like he he almost 
he almost goes out of his way to not run. So it's just I know it's the stereotype because not only his skin color, but his athleticism. But like he's he has a rocket arm, man. I feel like people are going to be impressed with what he does in the pocket. But Shanahan was talking about how, you know, he he's okay with him making plays off schedule. And I think the real point is where he said there's going to be kind of a growth period between the two. Um, the more a quarterback and a play caller work together, the better that they're going to be together. As of right now, um, they're still figuring each other out. And Shannon was pretty clear about that. And uh, you brought up this, or I guess he brought up this, comparing uh, the 2019 season. So talk a little bit about the early part of 2019, because it, when you think about that season, 13-3, and three, um, almost Super Bowl champs, pretty much ran through everybody. But the first half of the season, especially the passing offense, didn't go as smoothly as people remember. The further we get away from that 2019 season, you look back and you're like, man, they were 8-0 to start the season. They finished the season 13-3. and They were just this dominant team on both sides of the ball. But that actually wasn't the case. And Kyle Shanahan kind of you know, uh, brought up that point on Tuesday where early in that season, their passing offense struggled. And Jimmy Garoppolo had played, what, three games in 2018, played five games in 2017. So he had played a total of eight games with the 49ers. And I think like 10 games total in his like four-year career when he stepped on the field in 2019. So going into that season, we kind of had a similar vibe where we knew the roster was really good. They had a ton of young talent on both sides of the ball, but they had a relatively inexperienced quarterback. And I think they were playing a fourth-place schedule. So you were just like, okay, can they make the playoffs this season? was kind of the expectations going into that year. Yet their defense and their running attack early in that season took over. They played some weaker teams. We talked about it. They played who the Bucks, you know, week one, where I think Jameis had a couple of pick sixes. They played a Pittsburgh team where they where they turned the ball over five times, but they still won. Um, they just they played a Panthers team that they put up fifty one against, um, basically all on the ground. And so, I think Kyle Shanahan is trying to mimic that season early on for Trey Lance. Like, can we just play really good defense? Can we just run the crap out of the ball early in season and just bring Trey Lance along, right? He's going to make mistakes the same way Jimmy Garoppolo made mistakes early in that season. But can we just can we just keep him moving along so that later in the season when, you know, he's going to be needed and he's going to be called upon, he's prepared, which, again, Shanahan mentioned Garoppolo played well against the Saints. He played well against the Cardinals both times played well against the Rams, at least late in that game at home. And so I think they're trying to sort of replicate that season with a similar type quarterback in terms of their experience. And so I think that's an interesting parallel given how good the roster is again this season, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's kind of the formula. The schedule's a little bit tougher this year. Earlier in the season, there's that middle stretch where it's a little bit harder. So I'm not sure how realistic that is. And I'm not saying they're going to go eight and no, but if you can go five and three, six and two, and just just keep trotting along early on in season and let Trey Lance come along, I think it's going to pay dividends. From weeks one to week eight in 2019, the 49ers were 13th in dropback EPA per play and 19th in dropback success rate. From weeks nine to 18, they were fifth in dropback EPA per play and seventh in dropback success rate. So exactly from everything that Shannon said, from everything you just said, they're going to figure it out. Like it's going to take some time, sure. But when they do figure it out, when they do get things clicking and you want to be playing your best football in November, you don't want to be the freaking Cardinals, man, when you peak right away. And then all of a sudden you get figured out. Um, you want to like football is an ever evolving sport. So I, I, 
it's essentially you're betting on Shannon, and that's a pretty safe bet, uh, knowing with all the weapons he has at his disposal. And like, Trey's just more talented than Jimmy, and nobody would disagree with that. So you would think um, they would be able to just be pretty successful on offense this year. But those splits are pretty pretty incredible, going from 13th and 19th to 5th and 7th, because like they just essentially added Emmanuel Sanders. Like Debo made plays that year, but um, through the air, it was like, you know, Kittle, like the stiff arm against the Saints. Like it was a lot of those type of plays. So hopefully they're a little more consistent this year, but I, I imagine they will. Okay. Um, before we get out of here, one thing that you would like to see this week and remember like no pads. So we're not sure um, exactly what to expect, but uh, what's one thing you want to see? Hard to narrow down to just one thing. I've, I've got a couple things. Let's start with the guys coming back from injury. Javon Kinlaw, Mike McGlinchey, as you mentioned, they're both cleared to practice. They didn't go on the pup list, which is fantastic news because I think the 49ers are really depending on them to be quote-unquote starters, especially McGlinchey, just just locked down the right tackle spot all season. So what does he look like? How is he moving early on? Again, no pads. There's no contact, so it's hard to see. But just do they look fluid? Are they moving comfortably? Or are they off to the side kind of doing their own thing? So I think that would be – one thing to watch. And the second thing is the strong is the, you know, strong safety spot, whatever you want to call it, basically the safety spot opposite of Jimmy Ward, right? Does Talano Hufanga just get slotted in as a starter? How comfortable does he look out of the gate? Cause that's again, just one of those question marks um, after, you know, Kwaski Tart left the team this past season. Does, is he just look comfortable? Is he the starter out the gate? I, I would say those are probably the two most important things to watch early on in training camp. I want to see how the O-line holds up against the defensive line because most of the time early on, like the defense just kicks the offense's butt. And that's going to be the case usually for the first week or so. But they're breaking in a bunch of new guys. They have a bunch of young guys up front. So um, it's not going to be easy to block Eric Armstead one-on-one. Imagine Poe at his size going against Javon Kinlaw at his size. So there's going to be some mismatches along the, um, along the interior. So I just want to see how these guys are holding up and if Trey Lance is running for his life right away. And, uh, just the different the different um combinations that the 49ers have so uh, brad graham just tweeted this that the the o-line right now uh so trent williams is not obviously starting colton mckivitz aaron banks jake brindle spencer burford and mike mcglinchey so like that's the first oil uh starting ol unit today um it's gonna look different probably every day until they figure out a combination and that's exactly what training camps for so it'll be fun uh there's gonna it's gonna be pretty fluid and I, I can't wait to watch it, man. I'm going to get out here right now and check it out, actually. So uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening. We're going to have some post-game or post-game, post-practice podcast for you guys just to let you know um, everything we saw, some takeaways, some standouts, and uh, everything in between. Uh, give us a follow. Niners Nation, uh, KP underscore show. Akash, where can we find you? At Twitter, at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. As always, subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Drop a rating, drop a review. We appreciate it. 100 episodes. Thank you so much. Always appreciate our producer as well, Rob Guerrera, a.k.a. Stats on Fire. So shout out to him as well. Appreciate the listeners. Season's here, 2022. I think it's going to be a fantastic season. Um, And just stick with us. Thanks again. Go Niners.